For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host is Grace Duffy, and this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On today's show, we will explore TikTok's upcoming ads platform with Rachel Peterson, and we will also talk about Twitter's new desktop redesign with Dan Knowlton. Wherever you are watching, listening, whatever, consuming, I guess is another word that we can use, hit the share button if you enjoy this show. We'd love for more people to know what is going on in the world of social media and the news that we break each week. Just as a reminder, everything we talk about here will be in the show notes for this episode, which you can find every Saturday morning at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news. All right, let's get into our first news segment here. Uh, First up is TikTok, and our guest is Rachel Peterson. She's a social media strategist recognized by Content Marketing Institute as one of the most influential online marketers and one of AdFed Minnesota's 32 under 32 nominees. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Thank you so much, Eric and Grace, for having me. This is going to be so much fun. (laughs) Really looking forward to it. So when we finally saw that there was actual TikTok news, we said, okay, we now have fair game to talk about TikTok as a platform. However, We've never officially talked about TikTok on this show. And so what we need to do first is set some context and say, what the heck is TikTok? Where did it come from? What is it? How does it work? So if you can give kind of your spiel about what TikTok is to start us off, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. So TikTok is a really fun platform. I want to start with that first and foremost. It's different. It's creative. It's alive. Basically, TikTok is formerly Musical.ly, which many people are familiar with. There was a lot of lip syncing videos, lots of fun music that you would sing along to in videos on Musical.ly. But Musical.ly was rebranded as TikTok. And now it's not just about music, but that is a part of the platform. It is short, usually 15 second videos up to 60 second videos that people record. They lip sync, they duet with other people, or they come up with some kind of creative angle that they can get out there in 15 seconds or less. Very That's cool. key. The 15 seconds or less is key because that's what all the, I mean, that's what Instagram stories is set to, right? 15 seconds. So that's a standard. So is it only videos or are there any static image posts? You know, like sometimes you'll see on other platforms, like there'll be an image and then like other things moving around it, but is it all just video? Good question. So 
really with TikTok, everything is about that 15 second video, okay. but you, there's no limit to what you can create. So okay. if you want to create a graphic with kind of some moving things or a graphic that totally stands still. Um, the, the main thing is your goal is to get people's attention in 15 seconds. And unless you already have an existing audience that's captivated by your videos, it might be difficult to get traction with a still image for 15 seconds. Ah, gotcha. And it sounds like it's all based around some sort of audio, right? So some clip or some music or something, right? So it's all based. So it's very audio heavy, right? It is. And one thing that kind of shifted when it went from Musical.ly to TikTok is that it was previously all about the music clips. Mm -hmm. And now with TikTok, it's about these original audios. So people record their own audios, they upload them into videos, and then suddenly you're able to use that audio in your own videos. So it's all about the original audios and then taking other people's audios and coming up with a creative twist on your video. That's cool. I've cool. seen a few that really just intrigued me. By the way, I want to throw this out there. Zach King is on there. Uh, he's been a speaker at Social Media Marketing World a number of times now. And he was the first person when I opened it up about a week ago and to start looking through again, because I'd visited it once before and I re-downloaded it and uh, I saw Zach King and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Zach King. I love Zach King. So that kind of got me. It's like, okay, if he's doing it, this makes it even more valid. But um, that original audios thing was something that like, I didn't even get the concept behind it first. And then I realized, oh, I get it. Like somebody recorded, pre-recorded some sort of certain musical thing that they either did with their like, you know, uh, what is it? Acoustic guitar or a percussion beat of some sort. And then I saw different people doing like iterations of that with different visuals, which was really kind of cool. And it was like art. It was very intriguing and cool. Absolutely. That's one of the things that I have fallen in love with with TikTok. I think sometimes as marketers, we spend so much time on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter, which I love all of those platforms. However, we start to kind of see things in terms of how it should look on Facebook or how it should look on an Instagram story. And so what I loved about TikTok is it got my mind thinking about what if there's a different way? What is a new type of video that can grab attention or how can I communicate something in 15 seconds that actually like, in, you know, captivates people? And I found myself doing some crazy things. For example, at an airport, you know, the moving sidewalks, I laid on the little... Um, handrail and pretended like I was swimming across the airport with the moving sidewalk. And what was just so fun about it is it, it made me think, what else can we be doing in this world instead of just seeing it as like a set, um, kind of a set routine? Something I think we maybe haven't said yet is that these 15 second, mostly video or all motion, I should say, at least do like Vine did and they loop, which then makes it like, like, cause you're like, oh, I want to see that again. Like to, once you watch one to completion, that's really cool. You're like, I want to watch that again and again and again. So <laughs> yes, I will say it's one of the cool things about TikTok is that you start to discover what it is to surprise people, surprise them and delight them within a clip. If you're doing the same thing for 15 seconds, it doesn't surprise and delight. So I started to realize that my TikTok was getting traction. Um, I started it back just a few months ago and we quickly grew to 5,600 followers on a platform where my audience wasn't really there yet. I put up this video where it was my husband and I dancing to in sync in the car. And then at the I saw that one. I saw that one. It was hilarious. <laughs> the, video, you go to the back seat and the kids are like, 
And so it surprises you. You think it's just two parents dancing to NSYNC. And then all of a sudden it's like the kids just, they just don't get it. So I put, my kids will never understand NSYNC, you know, and that <laughs> little moment of surprise and delight at the end made people want to watch it over and over again. Hence the purpose of the loop. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Cause then once you know that the kids are going to shake their heads or do the reaction, you want to see it all the way through again. Now with the new context of they're in the background watching this happen. <laughs> it was a real, it was a really funny video, Rachel. I love that one. I did watch that. So let's talk about who is on TikTok. So we yeah. posted the following question on our social media examiner Facebook page. Is TikTok a platform marketer should consider? Have you tried TikTok? And the overwhelming response was young people. And I think even someone had pointed like 12 year olds, right? Was the was what they were focused on. And a source doing a lot of research for this segment, a source places two-thirds of TikTok's user base as being under the age of 30, with 60% of its U.S. users between the ages of 16 and 24. So even though it's a younger demo, is that a reason to ignore it? And is it really just young people like that are on it? Tell us about it. I love that question so much because... In fact, I think that TikTok can be a secret weapon for marketers when they realize that 34% of the users are over 30. There's that part of it. However, the ages 16 through, what was it? 16 through 30, I think. Young adult phase, yeah. That is a really powerful future buying demographic. That is an age that has a ton of expendable income. Not to mention, when you discount the ages of 16 through 24, that's the future buyers. If you build a fan base with those ages. Oh my gosh, six to 10 years from now, they're starting their own families and they're, you know, in their careers solidly. But that doesn't, um, I guess that doesn't really highlight the fact that 34% of the users are over the age of 30. And if everyone has the mentality of everyone on TikTok is nine years old, beautiful. It's a blue ocean. (laughs) Perfect place for a marketer to hop on before marketers ruin the platform. Right. Absolutely. Something to remember there is that Facebook was once just for college kids and YouTube and Instagram were all, you know, for younger people originally and not to say, and then marketers came in and ruined it all. Yes. And by the way, as I was spending time on TikTok, I saw adults. I don't even know which age range that's supposed to apply to. As I say the word adult now, 34% demographic, let's put it that way, creating things that were very interesting and cool. Absolutely. One thing that I think is so cool is understanding how you can captivate an audience, whether they are younger or you're trying to appeal to their parents. And that's kind of an interesting thought process. I really like um, someone on on TikTok and he's called the Bentist, which is supposed to rhyme with dentist, obviously. He's like (laughs) 780,000 followers and he's an orthodontist and he made, basically he took every single popular video and did it in his scrubs, in his orthodontist practice. And he has absolutely exploded as well as his business and his revenue because he became a celebrity orthodontist. Like who would have ever thought it's brilliant. That's amazing. Yeah. And I've seen the dancing, the dancing dentist, right? Like that, that meme kind of went around. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of funny. (laughs) Kind of set the context here. We've kind of gotten the people up to date if they've heard about TikTok or, or if they haven't, they now know what it is. And 
I want to start going into the actual news here, which is that essentially TikTok is reportedly coming out with a self-serve ads platform. Now, are there, I want to clarify, are there currently ads on there? Because I really wasn't seeing any, but I wasn't logged in with an account. Yes. So I'm going to share a couple of different things. When you are logged in with an account, when you first open TikTok, you see some ads pop up. And most of the time they feel like ads. One of the things that is so powerful with TikTok is you have the ability to create ads that look like TikTok and feel like TikTok. And that's why I fell in love with the platform. I realized how do we create ads that feel native so that people don't detect that they're ads. And I've seen a few that were so well done. I was blown away. For example, I know DJ Khaled did a couple that were incredible ads that felt like a TikTok that belonged on the platform. So originally it was opened, the ad, um, the advertising abilities were open to certain agencies and certain partnerships. And then they started to open it up to a self-serve platform. And this morning I logged in, today was actually the first day that I've ever noticed I've accessed the self-serve ad platform. So I'm very, very excited about that. It is now available um, but it's also a platform where you're able to create advertisements that are kind of disguised within your content, which is really powerful. I know Arnold Schwarzenegger does a great job of this. He advertises all of his products within his feed. Oh, wow. And TikTok began testing earlier this month. Uh, they announced that they started testing advertising features. So things like custom audiences pixel tracking, interest-based ad targeting. So the things that we've already seen on other platforms, uh, have you have you experimented with any of those features yet or is that available to you yet? I haven't experimented with it yet, but literally it was this morning that I logged in and I was like, oh, this is not a distraction oh. before this talk show, but I kind of want to place an ad <laughs> right now. But I'm definitely going to be diving in literally probably as soon as we end this call and checking out what capabilities I have because this opens a whole new world of possibility that I'm so excited about as an advertiser and marketer. So with this new ad opportunity, what would you say to marketers out there who, who aren't aware of the platform? How do they get started? What should they be considering? How do they approach uh, marketing slash ad buying on this platform? I will say before you place a single ad on this platform, become familiar with what TikTok is. And, you know, when I first jumped on, I'm not going to lie. I felt a little bit like, I don't think I'm cool enough for this platform. <laughs> this is so cool. I had to start thinking creatively, which is what I love about it. It forces me to, you know, like change out of my yoga pants once in a while and actually create something excellent um, besides just on a filming day. So what I recommended, and I shared this actually, this is a really cool success story. I shared this with the members of the social click who are the people I mentor in social media. And one of my students, Kelly, I just said, just start testing things out. Kelly Sturdivant hops on and she's like, I don't really know what to do. I was like, just start creating something, just create something, learn from it, create something new, iterate. And within a week, she created a video. I think it had been seen hundreds of thousands of times and it had like 25,000 likes. Now all I say, and this is the same advice I give to everyone is go on there, create something see what happens. Then if you don't get any traction, create something new, start to watch what you see in your explore feed. And I recommend becoming familiar with what works on TikTok before you even hop in there and place a single ad so that it doesn't feel like, whoa, this is something from Facebook that's suddenly on TikTok. I saw on several, several news stories about it that 
people are looking at this as a backlash against the cultivated perfection yeah. that has defined Instagram, right? Like having everything so curated and perfect. And you get on there and things aren't perfect. Like people mess up, they laugh, you know, it's goofy. It's so fun. You know, people aren't all like glammed up, you know, like yeah. they are in their yoga pants doing this. Right. So yeah. I, I love that about it. I love that about this platform too, which it gives us that feel of what, what all the other platforms used to feel like when they first started. Right. Yeah. I will say there is something really refreshing about TikTok in that you get to be a crazy, goofy, funny, super serious, whatever version of you is like an exaggerated version, or maybe it's just like the version of you before you log into Instagram, you know, and then we all show up with the filters and all that. There's something so refreshing to be about TikTok, not just as a marketer, but as someone who doesn't always feel like Instagram is a a safe or familiar place. Um, I really, really enjoy TikTok, partly because I'm a huge goofball, but it also really, really inspires all of my creative work, which I love. So sometimes I'll just sit and watch videos and suddenly new ideas come to me for all of the platforms. Cool. Well, I want to drop some stats here. So as of February, 2019, TikTok surpassed 1 billion worldwide installs in both the App Store and in Google Play. And that includes light versions and regional. By May, it was running head to head with Facebook and Snapchat as the top social media apps downloaded worldwide. So this is definitely something that caught our attention. Absolutely. I mean, it's growing in popularity and we all saw the rise and then ultimately kind of the fall of Vine. And that made me really sad because I thought it was so fun. I thought it was positive and inspiring in the world of social media. And so what I love is seeing that TikTok thankfully is rolling out advertisements so that hopefully it's a sustainable platform. But I foresee TikTok being around for quite a while. We were waiting for Vine 2.0. I I honestly think this is it. I mean, is Vine mixed with Instagram stories, mixed with the early days of YouTube all in one? This is a rising platform and it's exciting. I will say one of the signs for me that a platform is going to be something that's around for a while is when you see the celebrities starting to migrate to it, not just like one or two. Um, When I saw Liza Koshy hop on, um, Mm -hmm. and if anyone's not familiar with her, she was one of the Vine stars that then became a YouTube star, but she's building aggressively on TikTok. And that was when I realized, okay, I think that there's really something here. But as you look, all of the celebrities that everyone's talking about right now, like the Jonas Brothers, like um, mm-hmm. Cardi B, like Amy Schumer, all of these celebrities are on TikTok. And when you see the celebrities starting to flock to a platform, it's a good sign that they got some inside information that this is mm-hmm. going to be a big thing. Well, there is a funny comment on our Facebook feed here saying that like the Washington Post is killing it on TikTok, which is something I never thought I would hear or have to say out loud. But that's kind of funny. So things like the Washington Post, I know the Dallas Morning News which is the local publication where I am, is on there. And and, and so is this, so I'm seeing a lot of big news organizations hopping on board as well. One of the things I have to say is any industry where people are like, this industry is dying or it's, you know, on its way to extinction. One of the best ways that they can revitalize is by recognizing where people are paying attention. And so I think it's absolutely genius of any news organization hop on there, become familiar with it, discover how to deliver news in a way that people are paying attention to, and you will absolutely thrive. But I think it's perfect because 
people aren't watching the news the same way that they were before. They're getting their news from Twitter. They're getting their news from social media. Why not be on the social media platforms killing it, you know? Absolutely. So you think there's an effective way to distribute content or do you think it's more of a creative outlet? Like where do you sit as far as that con- that's concerned? I think that there's a good combination. I will say that so many people jumped on as a creative outlet. Like, how do I get creative? And for me, the very first test I had was, can I even get any traction on this platform? Is this something I have potential to do? But once you start to understand the platform, I believe you can absolutely share education, information, engagement. There's so many ways to put your message out there on TikTok. But first, you have to understand kind of what the platform looks like and what people are watching. Cool. Absolutely. Very cool. Well, Rachel, uh, as our segment with you comes to a close, I want to say thank you again for being here. It's been awesome talking with you. Thanks for getting us up to speed on this platform, TikTok. Uh, I'd love for you to tell anybody uh, where they could find you there or the best place for people to connect with you. Great question. So you can find me on all social platforms as the Mrs. Peterson. My last name is all E's and a D. So just make sure that you spell my last name right, the Mrs. Peterson. And I'm looking forward to seeing you guys on there because I've had fun with you today. And I'm like, I want to see Grace and Eric on TikTok. I will be like one of your biggest fans. Challenge accepted, Mrs. Peterson. We It has been a joy and a thrill to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. Thank you, everyone. Awesome. See ya. Bye. All right. I'm excited. Hey, it's addictive. Like as yeah. I was looking at it and doing air quote research this morning for this segment, it was fun to sit there and go through. So we've got more news to go through. I'm looking for Dan. There he is. There's a bunch of different little tweet news. Tweet news. Dan, uh, hey. thank you for joining us today. Uh, wow. Dan comes fresh from a vacation. He rushed home just to be on the show with us. Just to be here for you guys. Eric and Grace, I've missed you. I've missed you since the last time I was here. Oh my gosh. And where were where did you just come from? Where were you traveling? Um, Spain. Oh. I was just came from Spain. Have oh. you been to Spain? Anywhere yes. in Spain? Welcome back. Wow. TikTok. That was a whole new world for me. I mean, <laughs> that was interesting. <laughs> So Dan, you have to you have to join the TikTok challenge. Yeah, I still I haven't even really explored it a lot at the moment. So I'll join you guys. Don't download yeah. it and check it out. You don't have to have an account to uh, to look at the stuff and and be entertained. And so nice. And let's tell people who you are. You're you're a creative marketer, speaker, trainer, and you're the co-founder of KPS Digital Marketing, an agency that specializes in social and video marketing. And uh, we've got you here to talk about Twitter because Twitter's a passion of yours, and you're you're good at Twitter. Uh, you spoke oh, on Twitter, right. social media marketing world. Yes, and we've got a bunch of different Twitter news here. So. Grace, why don't you fill us in on what the news is with this first one while I bring up some screenshots so we can do some comparisons. Yeah. So back in January, Twitter teased plans to roll out a new simplified desktop redesign. The latest version of Twitter's desktop interface began rolling out this week to a small set of people. Uh, It features uh, three columns. It always had the three columns, but this time they're oriented a little differently. and. Twitter didn't give an exact date on when it will roll out more broadly, but we have screenshots of the new layout courtesy of TechCrunch here. So Dan, do you have access to the new design? Have you, have you been able to play with it? 
Unfortunately not. I haven't been lucky enough to have access yet. But what I have done is dived into some of the articles about the new, new kind of layout and looked at what other people are saying about it. So, yeah, it's interesting. Well, for our uh, listeners here, let's describe what we're seeing on screen. So there's three columns now, right? And then it has a it definitely has a cleaner look. So you've got your home, explore, notifications, messages, bookmarks, lists, and your profile. And then a more tab, which we don't have access to, or I wasn't able to click into or anything, but that's all on the left. And then mm-hmm. on the right, you've got search, trends, and then who to follow. And then right smack dab in the middle is your timeline. It's definitely uh, makes it easier to navigate. Yeah, I think it looks kind of cleaner, crisper. But the one, the one big thing to understand is, as humans, we don't like change. And when I when I looked into what other people who do have access to this were saying, a lot I saw a lot of hate for the new kind of layout. And it just made me think about, um, you know, historically when we've seen updates on any other platform, Facebook, LinkedIn, Snapchat, especially a while ago, most people don't like change. So I've seen a lot of negative kind of feedback. But personally, trying to have a kind of balanced approach, to me, it looks crisper, it looks cleaner. What do you guys think? Let me give you a, a juxtaposition here. I'll switch over to a different image here. The difference between this and the new layout, the new layout is just, it's sparser. Your eye travels to where it kind of should go versus here on the old one, it's kind of cluttered. And One of the biggest things that I notice is take a look here. Like I'm not trying to show off my Twitter profile or anything, but (laughs) but follow me on Twitter. No, Um, (laughs) you've got my name and my Twitter username and my cover image and my, my avatar and how many tweets and how many I'm following, how many followers I have. All of that, I'm going to switch over to the other image. All of that is gone. No follower numbers, no follower counts. Yeah. So they've actually downgraded the importance or the visibility, more importantly, of that when you land on Twitter, it's not all about you. It's about interacting, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's the other cool thing uh, that I noticed was switching back here to the old way up at the top here, you've got home moments, notifications and messages up at that upper top left area there. Some of that is moved then to this far left vertical bar, home, explore, notification messages. The key thing here is look bookmarks, We've got bookmarks coming to the desktop finally to where you'll be able to tap a book, save something on desktop or on mobile and have all those tweets that you've wanted to save. That's huge for me because I want to curate stuff from Twitter. I, I feel like they're trying to simplify everything. Like, yeah. you know, you know, the whole the new kind of UI of Instagram stories, Snapchat, where everything is kind of swipe up, swipe down. Very simple. I feel like yeah. Twitter's trying to be less clunky you know, it's trying to make it easier for users to just, uh, and the whole white space thing makes a big difference as well. You're not, your eyes are kind of drawn in a nice kind of motion rather than looking at all this crazy stuff on the screen. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. And even uh, now that I've kind of minimized, but not closed out the window from a less macro, like in your face desktop view, but a smaller, I mean, it, it looks like it's a desktop version. It, it, it looks like it's in symbiosis with the mobile app, doesn't it? I think how much time we're spending on mobile as well. How much yeah. time we're spending on mobile. They're kind of like, well, you're spending most of your time on mobile, so we're going to make the desktop version a similar kind of format. Yeah. So 
Uh, again, Grace, can you remind us? Um, Joanne is asking, uh, and I don't know if I remember. They announced this what back in January, but they're still kind of vague as to when everybody's going to get it, right? Yeah, they they announced it first in January, and they started just rolling it out. You know, re- remember Twitter does have its test group with Twitter with no e, right? And so they are. Uh, so I don't know if it's going out to that set group that's able to. Uh, be in that test group or if it's another small set, but they haven't given an exact date. They just said, stay tuned. So I'd I'd love to see how they decide who they roll stuff out to. Because when we were last chatting and we talked about the update with captioning and subtitles, I, for some reason, had access really early to that. And with other things, I don't get access for ages. So it'd be interesting to know how do they choose Mm -hmm. who the, other than the people in the beta program, the beta kind of Twitter Mm -hmm. Um, testing program do you have you read anything to see how they choose who they're rolling stuff out to i have not i i'm hmm. not yeah i haven't seen exactly who they're rolling out to they always just say a small group of people yeah. i want to be in the small group i'm never in the small group <laughs> of people <laughs> yeah. unless they actually say like a specific location they typically keep their mouths pretty closed as far as mm-hmm. that goes. Well, we got the, yeah, this was reported in TechCrunch. So you can go to TechCrunch and see exactly what this layout looks like. But a couple of uh, people watching the show live have said it looks a lot like TweetDeck. Yes, that is true. Uh, And we're going to have something else that kind of looks like TweetDeck coming up in a second. So uh, the next piece of news that we have is that Twitter is testing the ability to swipe left for lists on mobile. So anybody who's familiar with Twitter or knows how powerful Twitter can be knows that Twitter lists are one of the keys to that power. Dan, how from how much do you use Twitter lists? So when I first started building an audience on Twitter, lists were crucial. I used to have lists for potential customers, lists for other people in the social media space, lists for prospects. I had lists for everything and it really helped me kind of keep up with the specific groups of people that I wanted to keep up with. And they they were, yeah, incredible. Uh, to be honest, more recently, I haven't been using lists as much, but I still see there's a huge amount of value in being out because Twitter is so noisy, right? It's so difficult yes. to keep up with the right kind of people that you want to keep up with. So um, I don't use them as much anymore because I kind of, yeah, I, I kind of tend to go on my what's on my feed and, and search hat-specific hashtags, mainly around events and things. But but yeah, lists are wicked. Lists are wicked for Twitter. <laughs> and so, li- but I have I have a hard time managing lists, right? So you mentioned having a list of potential clients, and then and then like you're having to physically move them over to the list. So it kind of gets cumbersome. So I know Twitter has been thinking of ways to make them easier to access. So this is a good option for finding them. I just wish there was an easier way to create them. <laughs> I agree, and that I think that's why I moved away from using lists because when you start to follow more people, the amount of time you invest in adding, oh, that person will go on that list. And it's just so time consuming. I think that's when it's a, when you've got a smaller audience and it's a smaller number of users you're adding to lists, it's it's easier to manage. But this whole something I love about this is the the swipe feature. They're swiping so that you can more mm-hmm. easily access lists before they they tried to hide it for some reason in, in the app. But now it's more yeah. easy to access. Twitter is essentially making it easy to be able to swipe left from the main timeline and then literally kind of, again, like the swipes you were talking about earlier, Dan, that's kind of more modern UI is to just literally swipe left and right. There was a GIF on Twitter's um, one of Twitter's tweets from their official account or one of the official accounts where it literally showed the swiping left and right. 
and just swiping in between lists in what felt like columns. And in fact, what mm. felt like columns on the old tweet deck that used to be on mobile Twitter, purchasing them and then killing it on mobile. <laughs> all the <time. laughs> There's good and bad things about this. I like that Twitter's finally showing some kind of innovation with updating features and making it more, the, the UI kind of easier to use, like like before I mentioned, like Instagram and Snapchat. But I kind of don't want Twitter to, to lose its independence as, as being a bit unique and a bit different and a bit, you know, it, you don't, it, I don't want Twitter to turn into the new Snapchat or Instagram. Personally, I, I like how it is. So I think it needs to be careful that it doesn't just merge into oh, it's another Instagram or it's another Snapchat, you know? Mm -hmm. I think this adds to the user interface or the usability, especially, again, in regards to lists on mobile where we're spending a lot of time on Twitter. And this is another test that they're rolling out. And so I guess there's a certain group of people that have opted in to test this. And so that's who has access to the feature right now. But Mm -hmm. again, there is no word exactly, even from Twitter, about how soon this will be Mm -hmm. rolled out more widely. They also... They also rolled out, so now you can swipe left to access the new kind of camera functionality. So I guess oh, yeah. when they roll this out, if, if this is rolled out 100%, then I guess there'll be, you can carry on swiping to different functionality within the app. So it'll be like left, 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 you know, or right, right, right. I think it's going to move more kind of that kind of user interface. That's how we put in our video our video game cheat codes. <laughs> ah, Anyway, so infinite scroll and infinite swipe, right? (laughs) Dan, I got a question for you. So when was the last you gave a specific location tag inside of your tweet? I don't just mean like, hey, I'm at social media marketing world, but like I'm at this specific latitude and longitude. Um, I don't think I've ever actually input my longitude and latitude, funnily enough, Eric. However, I remember a while ago, I set up a location for our office. And since setting that up, whenever I'm now anywhere, my Twitter automatically detects where I am and adds it into my tweet. And I also remember enabling, oh God, what's the the setting called? It was share precise location setting or something. There's a setting in privacy. And now it just automatically shares that location. But Definitely not going as in, as deep as to choose longitude and latitude. Who's ever? Have you guys done that? No, I can only imagine being lost at sea or in the woods. The <laughs> roaming charges would kill me, so I, I wouldn't want anyone to know anyway. I'd be like, uh, yeah. please rescue me. Yeah. <laughs> not the only ones who've not been using it because Twitter is getting rid of that. And so most people, they, they might think, oh, no, Twitter's getting rid of Precise location in tweets means location won't be available for me to add it to my tweets, and that's just not true. In fact, what it means is you, again, won't be able to add a specific latitude or longitude to your tweets. Do you think this is kind of to do with the whole privacy thing? You know, they've had a Facebook have had a big backlash on privacy. I guess it's giving a lot of data away to say I'm in literally in this exact location and telling the world that. I don't know. Well, Twitter said in the the tweet from the Twitter support handle, it said the feature is still available for photos. So I thought that was strange that it would be available to photos, but not to actual tweets. So Yeah, I don't know. And and even using it again, even using locations last week, and I was using that new camera on mobile and I would swipe over Mm -hmm. it and I would tag the location. But I didn't remember thinking that it was giving me the option for the latitude and longitude, but it yeah. wasn't where we were event center wise. So, yeah. 
It's also, it, there's a lot of external apps that use the API for search functionality to, to discover people in certain locations. I guess that's going to be impacted as well. You, you might not be able to, it's saying for photos, you can still use it. Yeah. And again, uh, Shay brought up, so no tweets by location. Uh, again, you'll still be able to say you're at locations. Twitter will still know that that location is in a certain radius. And again, like Twitter said, no one's using this according to them. Right. So it's not. Well, I, can't, I can't imagine an example of someone who, why would you, like, other than you said, Grace, if you're lost at sea, I mean. But you'll still be able to say I'm in San Diego for social media marketing. So I don't know that this is going to really be a massive, you know, derail of any kind of locational features. Again, Twitter said nobody was using this specific of a location feature. So. Mm. Yeah, I'll have to find another way to be rescued when I'm out at sea. Yeah, so. just give me a call, Grace. I'll come pick you up in a helicopter. Yes, thank you. Uh, just a general location. Hashtag lost at sea. Like <laughs> up here in uh, Twitter news, Twitter's testing prompts to share links uh, via direct messages with the people you most regularly communicate. And so this is a, it's a new experimental feature. Again, another test. It's designed to help users share tweets and connect with others more easily. Uh, Dan, have you seen this feature just yet? I haven't, to be honest. I haven't. And I went to, I tried searching and looking up and I didn't, uh, the, the link that I was clicking on wasn't going anywhere. So I, I, I tried searching on Google. Where was this article? It was on uh, TechCrunch and then it was also in the Twitter support. It's for customer service. So it's making it easier to share links via DM to other Twitter users, I guess. That's what yeah. it kind of sounded like. That's mm -hmm. one option. Another is, is, I mean, it really looks like Twitter's just learning. Hey, you DM with these people a lot. So when you hit the share button on a specific tweet and you're going to share it with somebody in direct mm -hmm. messages, your most frequently DM'd people are mm -hmm. right there ready to, you don't have to start searching for, you know, I don't have to start typing D, A, and yeah. you're right there. I think any, any kind of clever use of social platforms like that that saves us time is a good thing. I guess it's how accurate it will be and how does it decipher, what kind of algorithm do they use to decipher who those most likely people are that you want to DM. But anything that's going to save us time, you know, that's a good thing, right? Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so it looks like in the, so it was from the official Twitter handle. So Twitter, Twitter. And this was actually tweeted at the end of May. So it's been, it's been almost a month that, the, uh, but they were still testing it. And it looks like it says share tweet and it gives you three people, I guess the people mm. you tweet with the most and then send options. And then you could either add the book tweet to a bookmark or share mm. the tweet some other way. So it looks like it just picks the top three people that you um, yeah. talk to a lot. So I guess my question would be is, what's the marketing or customer service capacity for this, right? Because I see this as if you're engaging with someone quite a bit or, you know, there's a customer service aspect to it because that's what a lot of people are using Twitter for is customer yeah. service. I personally think that looking from a customer service perspective, if it's only going to show the most three recent, unless you're a very low volume, high value business that has very few customers, you know, imagine a, a normal business that has over three customers, which is most businesses, it's, it's not going to be as useful as you expect. Imagine like huge brands like Apple or Nike, they must have thousands of people constantly messaging them. I don't see how it's going to be that useful. Yeah. Potentially, it could be useful if it's bring up someone that you've spoken to most recently, so it's easier right. to then reply to them and things. But I don't know. I hope Twitter's not just making changes for the sake of making changes to look like they're making changes. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. they've been under a lot of backlash for not 
innovating and not bringing new updates. I hope this isn't just a let's think of random things we can do to say we're making changes, you know? What do you guys think? <laughs> Does it ever see the light of day? Maybe not. We just get to be the ones who spy on the internal, mm. uh, you know, the code based on who's shared it or whatever, that uh, they've found it. So mostly it's really going to matter about what comes to the light of day in terms of, and I, and I think the biggest thing is just creating a better user interface. Yeah. These things we've talked about today really kind of accumulate to users feel like Twitter is useful and less hard to navigate. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Dan, uh, great talking with you again, as usual. Yeah, it's good to be back. Uh, we'll have you back again soon, as soon as we've got more news for you to talk about. Brilliant. Um, Hurry up and get some more news, Eric and Grace. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and if you need if you need help being found in the middle of the sea, Grace, remember, I'm here right. for you. You and, and yeah. <laughs> you and Hilton suggest, apparently. Someone suggests that Hilton suggests for all I'm my good. traveling needs. So. <laughs> Thanks for rushing home from vacation to talk with us. Thanks so much, guys. It's good to see you again. Bye. 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 All righty. We've got uh, a little bit of Facebook news here. So the first thing is this is there is much rejoicing. Facebook is testing a one tab shortcut to muting all of those in-app notifications. So this is a global test uh, available on iOS and Android for, again, a small subset of users. Facebook's spokesperson said that this is related to the work that they're doing with their digital well-being team. Again, we've heard it time and time again that they want time spent on Facebook to be time well spent. So um, I guess the those little red notification buttons were driving people to distraction. And previously, you'd have to go into each and every single Facebook feature and dig down deep to like select it, right? So if you have access to this new feature, you'll be able to find it in the Facebook app under that little hamburger menu, the three-line more menu. You'll go to settings and privacy, go to settings, notifications, and then you'll see an option for notification dots. And there you'll be able to choose which shortcuts you want to see the notifications for. Or so things like videos on watch, profile groups, menus. I think when I was digging into this, it said that you could you could be notified about comments on one of your posts, but you could choose to not be notified when someone reacts to your post, right? So likes or cries or happy faces or whatever, right? So hearts. So um, this is definitely very useful. I am excited about this. This was found actually earlier in the summer by Jane Manchin Wong. She found it in the Android code. And then this week, social media consultant and expert Matt Navarra noticed this feature being publicly tested and shared it in one of his private groups. And so that's how we found out about it. Oh, and also TechCrunch reported about it as well. So and this can't come fast enough. I can't wait to turn off all these different notifications that I really don't care about, especially on mobile, uh, that I click through to clear out and then get sucked down into like rabbit holes. Yeah. Right. And other piece, this is great because I've started to actually see this on the social media examiner Facebook page is the top fans designation for certain people on our page, which is great. I know that they're enga highly engaged with our page and Facebook is now enabling pages to be able to target organic posts to top page fans. So this is a new option. It's going to let pages publish updates targeted to only the top page fans specifically. Uh, it allows you to create a post that only the top fans will see in order to, you know, thank them or share exclusive content. And some users have seen this for a while, uh, for the last few months, but it's 
also uh, may already be active on your page. Some people might say, well, why would I want to only share a post to only those people? Well, if it's not obvious why this would be great is for the sake of engagement. If you're going to share it with just those people who are super engaged with your page, then they will engage with it. And it's, it's also kind of a VIP exclusivity kind of a thing. Yeah. So very cool. I like this idea. Can't wait to. I like uh, it. Out, so well, it's a good way to elevate your content to the p- people that are going to be most likely to share it. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. And that was one of the things like I didn't necessarily see that, like, was it invisible to people? If somebody, if a top fan shared it out, would the people they shared it to be able to do that or what? That was still a little murky to me, but um, yeah. Well, it looks Very- like it's a targeting option because again, you know, not everything that you post on your page gets seen. I'm going to say that very slowly and carefully and delicately because, uh, and so this is a good way to elevate and it's organic posts, right? So this isn't ads. This isn't um, boosted posts. This is organic posts that you make on your page and to make sure it is seen by the people that are most likely to be excited about it. Yeah. So, that is the show. Thank you for being here. want to remind you again, everything we talked about, the details, the links, the notes, everything we discussed in today's social media marketing talk show will be in the recap that's on Saturday at social media examiner at socialmediaexaminer.com slash news slash news. That's not the way to say that. News. You can find this, the audio of this show in iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher to subscribe to and get delivered automatically to you for free every Monday. And I want to say special thanks to Grace Duffy, our show producer and co-host. That's you, Grace. That is me. Thank you, Eric, for being a great host. And thank you for also handling all of our simulcasts while Jeff C. is uh, on vacation in London right now. So happy for you to be able to do that. And then thank you again to Rachel Peterson and Dan Knowlton for being excellent, interesting, and fun guests today. So, um, oh, and as a reminder, we are taking a break next week. It is the day after July 4th here in the States. That means that the days that we normally produce the show or prepare to produce the show will be absent as well as Grace is taking some much-needed vacation time. And so our next show will actually be Friday, July 12th, 2019. We can't wait to see you back here at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. At that point, you can get it on your calendar by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. I'll see you on the internet between now and then. But until then, I'll say see you next episode. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner, hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.